This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world, and uh, pretty excited to announce that we got one of the greatest all-time rappers in this bitch, Jadakiss. How you doing, man? Feeling honored, man. You know what I mean? It feels like, you know, even I have 20-plus years in the game to... The, to make it the no jumper, <laughs> sort of made it, you know. In today's, in today's, is that so? climate of today, yeah. Nori yeah. told me that he follows me on Instagram about fifteen, nah, more than that, thirty or forty times during his interview. So, you know, that you know, that, that 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 was unbelievable. I don't see? know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Controlling the y'all controlling the population out here. Man. Wait, but so you're tuned in? Are you are you paying attention to the up and coming rappers and and? When they come to us, you're sort of seeing that as like them being verified to a certain extent. Uh, I would say, you know, y'all, y'all the real deal. You know, before I knew anything about it, the conversation and the the praise of No Jumper was like, "Yo, Kiss, you got a new album rollout. You got to get on No Jumper." And, wow. And from my son. My son and his crew and, you know, the marketing team, digital, everybody just, I don't care what they make you do, you better try to get on no jump or something. Like, I need no jump. And they're like, yeah, we're going to get it. So, Damn. you know, to finally be here. That's crazy because for, for me on a personal level, I feel like people always ask me, like, who's your favorite rapper that you ever interviewed? And I kind of always go back to Ghostface just because, you yeah. know. Tony Starks the, is a great one. The 13-year-old version of myself would have been, like, unbelievably impressed by the adult <laughs> version of myself getting an interview Ghostface, so that's one I always come back to. I feel like this one, I, I couldn't mention the Ghostface one without also being like, man, I got Jada on there. No doubt. That's a that's a blessing and an honor, man. But, yeah, yeah y'all, y'all, you know, I'm sure you know the caliber of y'all impact on the culture, but just in case you don't, from from my side, is it's, it's big shit. It's, it's super, Damn. you know. It's it's definitely an accomplishment um, when you touch No Jumper and you got a new project out or you're about to drop something or whatever you're trying to do. If you you can make it here, you you damn near on the right path. More than damn near. You're on the right path. It means a lot. A couple months ago, I'm sitting in downtown Manhattan and uh, I'm with my assistant Laura and a couple of my guys and I, I see a guy walking, getting into a Sprinter van. And I actually said to my friend, I go, look at this dude. He thinks he's a skinny-ass Jada Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and then you turned a little bit, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's the real Jada Kiss. And yeah. I was actually, like, really clowning the real Jada Kiss. 
just just a little bit, just be like, man, this dude, like, he really looked like he's like trying to look like Jada. Like I was really trying to get my boy's attention, and then yeah. I realized it was really you, and I was like, holy shit, this guy's. He's got a new lease on life. It looks great. That's funny. Yeah, man. You know, the health thing, um, we ain't getting no no younger, so. And, you know, the older you get, the harder it is to work out or the less enthusiastic you are about working out. So I just try to get a jump on it about four or five years ago, I say now. Um, definitely big shout out to my brother, Styles P. He's very influential on my whole health makeover and becoming a uh, pescatarian. Mm. You know, he's working on getting me straight plant-based, but, you know, it's a slow process. You can't go cold turkey on your diet or however you was raised eating. You got to weed off a of thing slow. But um, I made it to a pescatarian, so I'm working on, so working on plant-based. Styles SP. was the first one? Yeah, he started. He was vegan. He was vegetarian, then vegan, then eventually plant-based. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we got four juice bars. Yeah. One in Brooklyn, two in the Bronx, one in Yonkers. Juices for life. If you have an area, stop through. It's on me. It's kind of crazy to think how early you guys were on that, whereas now... The whole world is A really, lot of juice yeah. spots in New York now that you've in places where you never would have thought you'd see a juice spot. Yeah. Um, we, we we wanted to bring health awareness to our people, you know, to the hood. There's always a food desert. You go to eat, is right. your choices are usually something bad for mm-hmm. you. So we try to put them in those type of spots, give the people a good option opposed to just a bunch of greasy, mm. bad things. There's so many times in your life where you're like, you're looking at the fried chicken joint and the burger joint and the bodega, and you're just like... Every choice is not good, so... <laughs> all these choices even, are weak. However you narrow it down, it's still going to be unhealthy, but, um, you yeah. know, but, that's part of it. So, like, what's, what is your... Allow me to be a fucking health nut here for a second, because I just lost a whole bunch of weight, too, and I've been very much focused on the same thing of just completely changing my quality of life and everything, but what do you tend to go towards when you got to eat a meal when you're out in public? Because obviously it's easy when you're at home. It's a little bit more challenging Dude, when you're out hard, in the streets. It's, it's carbs, you know. Mm. You might get some fries or baked potato or salad or grilled salad or grilled shrimp salad or something for me since I still eat fish. But um, it ain't that hard. It's more harder when you straight plant-based. Oh, yeah. We, when we on tour, we got to go to Whole Food. We got to do a whole SP, got a whole separate agenda when we, when it's time to eat. So you got chic. You got me in the middle, and then you got P.E. He want to go straight in the forest to get his food. So, <laughs> Wait, so is Sheik still fully? No, nah, Sheik's regular. He don't eat pork or okay. none of that. But nah, he, he hasn't gone as far as you guys in terms of really uh, caring about He He was working out before all of us, so he's, oh, okay. always, you know, he's already super brolic. But um, he does right. He lays off of the things here and there, but he eats, he eats freely for the most. It's fucking crazy for me because it's like I can divide up my Jada fandom into like different eras. Like it was very much like 97, 96 when we were first seeing you for the first time in the whole big boy or the bad boy era. Yeah. And then like 2007, it's like realistically rappers rarely have like a 10 year career span. But then there was like a whole different era, like the champions here mixtape and all that shit Mm -hmm. during that era. And then I get to thinking about the fact that the, you're still super relevant as a rapper 13 years after that. It's crazy. Pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah, to have a career, you know, this is, this is like the NFL, this hip-hop industry. Not for long. 
So you can make a career out of it. You got to be blessed, you know, able to put my son through college, see him graduate psychology, buy my mom a house, blow a bunch of money on a bunch of dumb shit in the early years, <laughs> you know, but to be a business owner and still going, still financially great is a beautiful thing, is a blessing. Right, yeah, to, to have been able to blow that money early in the career and then actually get it back and be able to get yourself right afterwards, a lot of us know that feeling. Yeah, it's the Will Smith, he did it. Nobody did it like him, though. He was up, down, up, and then super up. <laughs> so That's real, but a lot of these dudes really have to, they have to dip into a whole lot of different bags in order to make their career last over the years. Like, so many of your peers... When you really think about it, because I'm looking at all the dudes that you had songs with on the old albums and everything, and it's such a large percentage of them either like just aren't really relevant They're as rappers not anymore. No more. They're, not here. They're gone, straight yeah. up gone, locked up, something like that. Or just people ain't really trying to hear them rap anymore. So it's pretty. Um, or, or or a lot of people end up going and doing movies. They end up getting bags in different ways. Mm -hmm. They start separate businesses. Not that you haven't done that as well, but I mean, you're still someone who your fans want to hear you rap and that seems like that's what you're primarily concerned with yeah i still the passion is still there the fire is still there i still love music i still love hearing it i still love making it so until i until i don't feel like that any longer i will you know i'll keep making it but when i lose that feeling i'll, I'll push back from the tape mm, definitely but do, do you see yourself as someone who is like really a lyricist at heart like that's something that you just care about more than the fame or the money or, or anything else like that is that something that primarily has, appeals to you more specifically than a lot of your peers definitely i would say that anybody who came in around around when i came in for would feel that same type of way too but then there's artists that came after um i would say drake feels like that i would say mm. j cole feels like that i would say uh, two chains. I would say a lot of, you know, Big Sean. There's a lot of dudes that they're very lyrical, but they know how to do, they know how to ride the thin line of whatever today's sound is mm. with lyrics. And I, I think that makes today's great artists. Right. If you came from when I came from, lyrics overpowered everything the beat, the hook. The dance, all of that. It, we when, when I first came, it was lyrics over everything, and then it kind of gradually the hooks came and the beat, and then when it went to Atlanta, the whole format switched. The beat, hooks, lyrics was last. Mm. So, in in some cases, because you still got Ti and you still got Luda and you still had Jeezy and all of the dudes, you know, early three stacks. You know what I mean? So. They did. They found that good line of how to put the the formula together. But as it got older, lyrics became more and more the less ingredients in the right. in the music. So, but nowadays it seems like these kids are competing more on melodies than anything else. Melodies, it's, sound it's, effects, <laughs> uh, a dance to it, mm. whatever, whatever works. But is 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 more microwavable now, mm. and and. Hot Pockets is probably one of the biggest selling things in the supermarket business. But a meal prepared on the stove by your wife or your mom or your favorite restaurant always tastes better than something out of the microwave. Right. No, I mean, yeah. So 
But is I compared like that. Is there any sense in which you are able to respect the kids who seem like they're more concerned about coming out with melodies and hooks? Which is is it's an odd state of affairs because it's like you making an album in you know the late nineties. You probably had producers or labels or Puff telling you that you needed to add more melodies, that you needed to get more serious about the hooks. Well, I didn't even want to do that back then. Right. See, that's that's also the evolvement in music because he couldn't force us to do that mm. when it was, you know, the golden era or when it was dumb times. You couldn't. We just wanted to rap. He actually had to make us start rhyming less we hmm. when we got there he showed us how to chop it down to 16s and you know what i mean we we wanted to rhyme a lot every time we would rhyme and we would all want to do 24 48 bar you know and he showed us how to gradually make songs and now would trim the fat and you know start making creating songs opposed to just rapping we came in with the first passion to just kill shit just rhyming you know because when I go back and listen to your old albums, there's always like a couple songs that I'm like, this is the song and this is the song that sounds like the songs that would sound different if he had been able to just make these songs exactly how he wanted. wanted to. But then I'm also thinking about the fact that these young kids, a lot of times half the album sounds like that, like sounds like very melodic, very hooky, mm-hmm. and they're doing it themselves. Like so, a lot of times the, the label doesn't have to tell them to do that. To them, that's just... Polar sides are the same thing as they make crazy, aggressive, gangster music, and then they make sing-songy, lovey music. Mm-hmm. And it just happens naturally. They just that, that to them makes sense. And they don't see it as warring sides. Yeah, no. That's the, that's the sign of the times changing. <laughs> 100%. Um, so have you totally stopped smoking or you still got a little bit in you? Nah, I smoke. Oh, okay, heavily? Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, what do you smoke these days? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. But today and in yesterday, I've been smoking, you know, oh. Oh, okay. You're, oh, you're oh, about no, to no, hit us no. with a I, I smoke about a zip a day, you know. That's impressive. Maybe more, maybe less, here and there, depending on the weather. But what do you put it in? Smoke paper, Fanto, backwoods. Switch it up. Yeah. You know, whatever's available. That's good to know. Because I feel like so many rappers that I love just at a certain point just stop smoking weed and then you just hear them rap about smoking weed and you're like, come on. Yeah, nah, I'm a, uh, I love weed. Shout out to Cheeks and Chong. <laughs> Shout out to Cheeks and Chong. <laughs> um, they the first pe- people I've ever seen with weed up. Like, you know. Right. They should, you know, those dudes are legendary. Definitely. Yeah, I interviewed Tommy Chong and he's he's kind of on a different planet these days. Yeah, I follow him on the gram, so. He got a lot of memes. He's ill, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much of those are him. <laughs> but, okay, do you, when you listen to your older music, what do you think of your voice from, like, 20 years ago? Because it's definitely been a change, like, on this new album. Yeah. It sounds raspier than ever, but then you also have, like, the cleanest vocals that I probably ever heard you do on this album as well. Um, I don't know. A lot of it was, was like, on the closure, I was crying, so you could hear the. You can hear me 
after crying, like you can hear my voice cracking because I was crying actually while I was recording it. Mm. And um, that was that, but uh, I don't know. It's just my voice changing, my voice, you know. It's getting raspier as the years go. Mm. You ever <laughs> wonder about what like a 75-year-old Jadakiss voice might sound like? Uh, my granddad was... My granddad was a little raspy too. My pops is raspy. My my one of my sons, one of the twins, Josh, he got a raspy. He got a little voice, bit of so, it too. Yeah, so that's just inherent. That's just in, in our DNA. Right. Now, yeah, I remember I, like as a young kid, I kind of had a little bit of insecurity because I felt like my voice sort of sounded like a muppet or some shit. And then I just started smoking a lot of weed for like twenty years, and all of a sudden my voice sounded a little bit more raspy, and I could appreciate it a no little doubt. more. No doubt. Know? No doubt. Yeah, it's like that. Um. Okay. So. This album, like, what in particular has you excited about it? And like, how's it different? The from- most, because it wasn't. It's a, it's a dedication to my, my homie that I lost from colon cancer. So, it was a real different process. But the, what made me happy was completing it. You know, mm-hmm. completing the process. And this past week after releasing it, uh, I got nice, long, heartfelt phone calls from. Both of his kids, mothers, his youngest son and his oldest daughter, they really uh, appreciated the project and told me they listened to it numerous times and cried and loved every song and wow. appreciated me, you know, carrying on his name and his legacy. So for me, it was like grand opening, grand closing. Of course, I would love to stream like Thriller or We Are the World and all that, but of course, that's not going to happen. But for me to complete the project and then his family, his kids, mothers, and you know, his loved ones to embrace it and receive it and, and love it, that was good for me. That's all I really set out to do. Of course you want the people to love it, but I really it was a really personal a personal project that, you know. Right. That I made for him and for them. So But you lost a lot of people over the years. What was it about him that you really felt you, like you had this much to get off your chest about it. I'd never seen it coming. Like He was one of the healthiest dudes ever. Um, he was a different type of person that was able to always keep his poise, always be the good energy for no matter what type of situation or what type of dilemma we were in. He was always like, it'll be all right and we're going to get it done. We're going to get through it. Don't worry about it. I got the I got the answer. We're going to figure something out. So I used to speak to him every morning right. for at least seven, eight, ten years every morning. Get a plan. Yo, you working out? You got to start working out. Yo, this that time you go in the studio, this producers, uh, uh, art shows, uh, and branding, merch, just everything. You would think I was his kid, like how much he was concerned about, you know, my well-being and my career and things of that nature, but um, then when it when it hit him, the colon cancer, he he didn't want me to know. Wow. So whoever was with him, fighting, he had them keep me in the dark. So I just thought he was handling things, and I didn't know he was going through what he was going through. So right. when I finally found out in the office. Somebody came to me and like, yo, did you know? And I mean, then I, I went and got to the bottom of it. They let me finally let me go up and see him in the hospital. He wasn't even the same person that I knew. Then 
the next day or the day after that, he passed away. So at the, going to the funeral, wake, services, memorials, all that, it still didn't sit right with me. I mm. still needed it was still weighing on me because I found out at the end, like every people who knew they was able to go through it with them and, you know, let it go. And I was still like, couldn't believe it. So the only way for me to get it off my back or, you know, get some closure with it was to do the project. And I said, I'm going to name it after him. Put the, I'm going to make the cover all the actual painting. I'm going to do features that he always asked me to do. I'm going to do post-production. I'm going to sing on it i'm gonna do every little thing he would ever be on my back about in the studio that i would always ignore him what were the features he wanted you to do pusher oh, um yeah. he always wanted me and push to do a song he always wanted me to work with john legend he was a big fan of dej loaf's sonicness uh who sounds insane on your album yeah she came back with fierce i heard charlamagne saying that and i, I before i listened to the album she and then i listened fierce. to it and i'm like what the fuck he's he ain't yeah. not lying these vocals are crazy they sounds ill um todd dollar sign big fan because all of them feet two chains he loved two chains voice and he loved how he put his bars together so me just trying to do all of that in his name and memory just felt good once it was complete and it felt even better once his 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 loved ones you know appreciated it to the fullest how do you feel about that overall mentality of sort of hiding what you're going through from your friends because you sound like you might have been able to process the whole thing a little bit better if you had known about it leading up to it but as men you know it's kind of tempting to like take all your emotional baggage and and not share it with other people in your life yeah, for what he did for Rough Riders, for what he did for me, for, you know, how much he lent a helping hand, whether he got paid or not. I just felt like something that severe, I would have loved to help him out any way I could have financially just being there or anything. You always need, when you're going through something that's, that's serious, all the help in the world is needed. You know what I mean? And we had a bondage where I thought he would tell me, but the bond we had was so strong, he knew it would hurt me, so he didn't want me to know. Mm. You know what I mean? But when I see him in the afterlife, we got to have a little, we got to have five minutes, yeah. (laughs) For sure. It's crazy that he wanted you to get on the song and push so bad because, like, on that first Clips album. No, it's it's me and Styles. All the locks, you know what I mean? We worked right. together, but he always wanted me and Push to just do a song. Okay. Just me and him, so. But that first, that verse on the fucking Clips album is, like, probably one of the best verses from Jadakiss of all time. I don't know <laughs> if, if you would be willing to acknowledge that, but it's like certain people, when they go to get a Jada verse, might get a, a, a standard verse, and I just felt like that was the fucking hella amped up version. Yeah. I mean, it felt, you know, it was coming from from Virginia at the time, you know. That's when music was different. It was, it was, it was good. Yeah, and I mean, to a certain extent too, you had to be kind of excited that there was such explicitly cocaine-based music coming from a different yeah, region. Yeah, loved it. You know? Loved it. That was, you know, that was that's right up our alley. So yeah, that's why it might sound so happy to to do that joint. It was an easy, easy record to do. Like the beat and the content and the texture was what we do there's certain bars that just get stuck in your head for the rest of your life one jd my whole life i've been saying i'm about to get a gallon of water 
and I say it exactly like you say it, but probably nobody in my life gets that I'm saying it like that for that reason. And actually, I might have forgot as well we that I'm saying that Allen with quarters. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. You just needed a rhyme at that moment in that song. And you were just, it felt like you just were like, oh, I'm just going to be completely honest at this moment. I, I literally just need a, a gallon of water. Nah, the, when I was talking about a gallon of water, it's actually dust juice. Oh, okay. See, I didn't know you were still on that you know at that time. I mean? <laughs> nah, I was selling it. I use it. <laughs> but still, that was about a little late in your career. I felt like at that point, you probably really like. No, but I was just going to get it to somebody and let them knock it off. I wasn't, I wasn't actually going to sell it myself. Yeah. I was going to put it on the island and break it up into quarters. You never smoked dust? You're too young million. for that? Nah, I'm not too young for it. My, uh-huh. my, they, that dust is, Yankees is a dust town. <laughs> it's a bunch of zombies walking around Yankees. Still, Still to this still day? To this day. They didn't replace that shit with meth and all this other stuff? Yankees didn't want meth. They kept <laughs> dust. They said, we're we going to skip on meth and keep dust. Right. They might got a little bit of meth, but it's more dust in Yonkers. Right. That's yeah. the weird thing when you're interviewing like Wu-Tang and shit is you know all them dudes smoke dust, and I just want to hear some dust stories. Yeah, the Tikal. <laughs> that was a little bit before my time. I wasn't, that wasn't my twist. Right. Staten Island, you know. They're operating on a different level over there. Yeah, the Bomba Z. <laughs> 100%. But, yo, that, that, that clip song, this is also another thing that's been stuck in my, in my head my entire life. Jada. The name is Filthy. But know what? The motherfucking game is filthy. And you know what? My mom's and my pops really did a good job. But it my was the dagger mont- and the cane that <laughs> built me. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's just, I don't know. See, just, you're a good listener. You got different type of ears. Mm. You know what I mean? And you, you got the ears that I appreciate. If it was more people that listen like you right now and be a little more. It would help the balance scale a little. Was, you know, I've been doing interviews all last two, three weeks, but mm. before I came here, I was somewhere and I was telling them about balance. Um, the game, of course, is evolving and dudes are getting money and shoe deals and movie deals and all type of business ventures, but the balance is off a little for, mm. um, for every one Griselda is 500 bullshits, mm. you know what I mean? So that's where the the T-squared, the liquid on the T-squared ain't, it ain't balanced because they they let one thing in like Griselda and then they flood the gates with a bunch of that bullshit. So but Griselda, we could just get a little more balance. Griselda's so motivational because it's just a reminder that if you stay incredibly true to what you, you are right, into, you stay to the, you stick the course, you know, stick to the course, you'll 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 break the the door down. But it's not as easy for them type of groups to. It's a slow burn. To get it like that. But yeah, it's we dope. need to let some more. Seeing Rock Nation be so behind them, seeing the industry as a whole support them so much. Because realistically, you will watch Griselda interviews from a year, two years ago. It's like everybody in the media was huge fans of them before it felt like it really started to hit before with the Before it, it connected with the world, yeah. But it's, you know, better late than never. Mm. Benny actually called me while I was getting lunch earlier, and I was extremely excited. I'm like, guess who I'm interviewing today? That's my dog. He was very impressed. That's my guy. Yeah. Is there a, 
I mean, you've worked with them. You had that one song, Plugs We Met. Is there, could you see yourself working with them on a more serious level? Like doing more songs or even yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we in the talks to do some, some work, you know? Mm. Man. Oh, really? Yeah. You got a little bit of a smile there. I feel like we could have something good on the way, yeah, huh? Yeah, we got, we won't work. We got something, something up the sleeve. Mm. Do you ever hear like Griselda or any other notorious Coke rappers use a Coke bar that you've pretty much already completely said? And you're like, damn. I hear a lot of them. I hear a lot. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily from Griselda, but they probably said something. Everybody. You know? mm. At a certain point. Yeah. 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 I mean, after all these years, it's just, it's got to be kind of tough to come up with. saying it a different, different way. Mm. Everybody's saying the same damn thing. Is who can slip it in with that wittiness, you know what I mean? A hundred percent. So everybody knows about you pushing the album back or removing the song because you f- you were somewhat affected by Pop Smoke's passing. Um, what did you think of him on a musical level? I thought he was dope. He brought that energy. He had that fifty similarity with fifty, but he had that that energy that New York needed. Um, Thought he was gonna be have a good upside, you know. I thought it was sky's the limit for him, and it was a very unfortunate, tragic accident, uh, and a big hit for hip hop, you know. I got a son that's older than him, so that's why it it uh it hit home because this ain't what hip hop is supposed to represent, you know. But I blame. I blame a lot of people with that. The label, somewhat his staff, you know, because if you if you sign an artist that's actively or claiming a gang, you know, to be a blood or a crip, you gotta put some type of force field around them. If if you know this is your new premier artist, you can't. You gotta gotta be some type of leash there where you you. You letting them be him, but you you protecting them. You gotta protect the. You gotta protect them. You know what I mean? And I don't know what happened. I don't know the preliminaries, but I just think he could have been. You know, he's a crip. He's in California. Beef up the security. Mm. Make the Airbnb in a more discreet location. Something, all type of things. You know, when it's your time, is your time. But you could try to help it a little bit. We can't. Can't just. And, and and in this particular business, when you get successful, you get a target on your back. So you got to move extra courses just off that alone. Right. You know what I mean? So. But do you, is, the question is really, like, how much do we expect of the labels? Like, to what extent? A lot. You're making them a lot of damn money. They can, they can get you some security, your management, somebody. So it's, it doesn't have to be one person collectively get together and figure out something. Hmm. You can't just, you know, the artist is generating the bread. You're not going not going to protect the artist. But in those first couple of years that you blew up, how differently how rough did, riders. If I, right. we didn't have we didn't have the security with Armani suits with the thing in the air that, you know, used to watch the president, but we had rough riders protecting us probably better than that. <laughs> So, you know, it all goes to, you know what I mean? 
You yeah. don't need to see that type of shit happen. Right. Was there ever like a hard point though where you were like, you know what? I don't want to be staying around in the neighborhood at night anymore. It just feels like it's a little too dangerous. Or where you really started moving in such a yeah, way that you, you really gotta, want to protect yourself. You got to move right no matter where. It can happen anywhere. It can happen in Disney World. So it ain't, it ain't, it ain't really that. But, you know, the more you attain success, the your life has to change. Your surroundings have to change. Your entourage has to be people that's really there and care about you and not just there for the bread or for the benefits. And, you know, it's going to take some trials and tribulations to really figure it out and trim the fat and get it right. But you got to start somewhere. Mm. And also, the quicker you blow up, the harder it's going to be because you, you're doing it on a whim now. Right. You know what I mean? So it's all good. Just figuring it out on yeah. the spot. Mm-hmm. But there was an old video that I always wanted to ask you about where you're on the blog. It got uploaded about 11 years ago, but you're really <laughs> upset because somebody drank your rosé. That's my man. What? It's Mark. It's his birthday today, right? What? Yeah. It's that dude. That's, that my, man. That's my man, White Mark. Yeah, okay. I grew up with him. It's his birthday today, actually. What, he turned 42? Yeah. Happy birthday, 42? White Mark, turning yeah. 42. But, um... What happened was we had a tournament on the block. I, I, it was a midnight tournament. Um, I, put, I put a basketball court on my block, and it was a nice tournament. And we um, we just won the championship. Uh-huh. So after all of the madness died down and all that, I had a bottle of rosé that I was going to drink on the crate. And he just, somebody gassed him. Nikki Black, actually, I think, gassed him to open the bottle. But, um... I was playing with him, but I was also showing him, you know, it's the principle of things that it's little things in life that could get you hurt. You know what I mean? Mm. You had a bat in so your the hand next at one day point he there. Bought, yeah, he came <laughs> back with another bottle the next day. Oh, he made it right. Yeah. All right. That was a good thing. Um, you still drink much? Nah, not, I'm more of a smoker. Mm. I hear that. I take a few. If you see the shots I take, they're not even shots. Oh, they're like, yeah. Might drink like three of those in the club. The 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 alcohol damage you the next day. Yeah, you can smoke all you want. You just feel a little foggy drink the next water morning. Water with it, you be all right. Yeah, yeah, that's real. Liquor put you down. Do you um in in a weird way? I feel like that second career renaissance I'm talking about, like 20, 2006, 2007, That a lot of that was like very much the smack DVD stuff, and that we were seeing you really on the block, and it really helped to like contextualize you as like a brand new rapper to us at the time, as just like a young straight fan. I felt like a lot of that smack shit kind of come took up also the come up exactly. It took a lot of like existing rappers that we already felt like we knew and like kind of exposed them on a different level and made us feel like we knew them a lot better. And at, at that point in your life. It's like you really did not have to be on the block filming for a street DVD, you know? Mm-hmm. But you were, and it made it just feel real as fuck to us. Yeah. I mean, no, that's just the elements, you know? And this game is always a bunch of other elements besides the music and rapping and production that you need to give your career legs, be it doing that kind of stuff, be it whatever it is. But, you know, you're going to have to do some out of studio elements to give your career them legs. Yeah. Unless you're just a lucky, one of the lucky crabs in the bucket. We really thought that you must have been from the craziest hood ever, too, because of the fool shooting the gun in the air. 
Yeah, that dude just got. I, I think he's in jail, or he just got. Uh, he's still in jail, or he, he went to jail for that. Really? Yeah. For that? Yeah. Holy they shit! They came and got him for that. Doing that stupid shit. Wow, that's crazy. Because <laughs> I was living in Astoria at the time, and we really did not know it was going down like that, like anywhere in New York. You know, I just hadn't seen the, the whole shooting a gun in the air thing yet at that point in my life. Shit. Better than shooting it at somebody. Yeah, you know, a little bit better than that for sure. <laughs> yeah, but that was the crazy, that was the good old crazy days. Mm, 100%. So this is the last album for Def Jam? Nah. Not necessarily? Nah, I don't think so. I think I think we got some more business to do. Right. I mean, I owe I owe another album or two anyway. So. Right. I ain't going the, the athletic route where I just want to negotiate, renegotiate before it's time. Mm. When it's over, it might just be over. But right. Right now, I still contractually got some business to tend to. Right. Do you think that? Paul Rosenberg leaving is probably going to be good for the for the building, or do you think that that's going to hurt it? Sense of chaos. My man, PR, I, I didn't really think he was going to be there long anyway. Oh really? No, he, so much going on with Shade, you know, Shady Four or Five and um, M's career. That that was a that was like a side job for him. Mm. Um, I mean, I didn't I seen him too too much on his plate with, with the things he was already involved in before that. So. It didn't really wasn't a shocker to me because I didn't see him being there for a bunch of years, and you know what I mean. Got to be too hard to monitor one of the biggest artists ever and be the head of Def Jam is that's too much for anybody. And to have a family with kids and a wife and go crazy. Would you ever want a job like that? Yes, for a short amount of time too. Mm. I get in, give everybody I know that rapper deal. <laughs> <laughs> and then soon they gonna call me you know the head guys Vivendi and them is gonna call me and say yo kiss what you doing nah no, but I, I think I think they need some some of my type of dudes to be some of these executives me and Jim Jones and right. Styles and some of the dudes that really know the ins and out of you know been through the chambers of this game to help some of these new artists navigate you know what I mean? I think it would help. But could you imagine yourself putting on a suit every day and going to office? Is there a, a sure. part of you? Sure. I got no problem with putting on a suit. I right. like suits. Let me get a corner office. Let me do that same bullshit they do. Right. You could see. You think you could like actually enjoy that like lifestyle though? Like waking up early, putting a suit yeah, on. Yeah, From how I'm seeing them do it, I think I could do the same shit. Mm. And I think I could do it better than some of them, than a lot of them. I mean, that's always the I question. Because I was an artist. It's yeah. like, Who knows it's like the, the, it's like the analysts on TNT besides Ernie. Hmm. They played the game. So, it's, you know what I mean? How many how many executives were actually artists? Or, you know, this is a game that goes off who you know. Oh, no, nah, I'm running a company now. I know you. Yeah, that's your job. Just do this. Take that office right there. Right. So, that's still, it's not like that all the way, but it's still somewhat. That's all around the world happened. Do you think that the Dev Jam brand name still holds weight like it did at a, a certain point many years ago? Do you think that the fans the, still the, care? The, the, the logo and the name is, is going to be strong forever. Mm. It's just the tightening up the, the transmission of what makes the label 
the label, the the most best label in the world, is is because of the way it was ran and how I was, you know, pumping out hits and making artists doper and, you know, now is it it working, but it it ain't the it ain't the same. It ain't the same. You want to know another Jada bar that's been stuck in my head for a couple decades? Sure. I'm in the hood like them little motorcycles. Yeah, you remember them things took over for a minute? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you said that line, like, <laughs> almost that, like, the week that I noticed. Like, yeah. damn, them little motorcycles is everywhere this summer. <laughs> you just hit us with that things, line. Man. I, said, I, I knew that would, I knew that would, I knew that would resonate because I was just riding around the city seeing them things everywhere. Right. But, um, yeah. You probably had a line, too, like, I'm in the hood like them hoverboards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, five, six years ago. Yeah, they took over, that? too. I was too busy busting my ass riding. I seen a kid on a hoverboard in the hood the other day, and I was just like, damn. I thought that was over. I did not know yeah, that I was so I gave all mine out. I gave them to my, my nieces and nephews and kids. And yeah. yeah. Definitely. There was, like, a whole era where there was so many rap lyrics that were like, I'll hit you with a gun the size of blank you remember that era (laughs) (laughs) it was like little bow wow yeah i hit you with a gun the size of a sub from subway i I forget if you said that it might have been cassidy somebody said that no i ain't say that (laughs) that was definitely not me a gun the size of a sub from subway or you pull up in a car the color of yeah we we a lot of that we really was at the helm of that Cars, the color of something was. Mm. We came in doing a lot of that because that's really like you guys are like such leaders in the field of punchline rap. That then that's the kind of stuff that up and coming rappers hear and it just sort of melts into their brain, and then they sort of just end up sort of regurgitating punchlines, like actual clever punchlines that they heard earlier in their life. They use them. They use them, and they just regurgitate it to the point to where the, it don't even matter anymore. Yep, I agree. <laughs> That's real. Um, and then one more. Oh, man, this is so bad that I keep doing this, but this is another one. No, it's good. This is. It. I'm here. I can stay here all day. If you, mm. No, no, yeah. that's totally fine. Don't mind me. We can reschedule some things, man. I'm at no jumper, ma. I made it, ma. <laughs> I had a bitch named Superhead. She yeah. gave Superhead. She moved in the building. I can drink this. Yeah, of course. She even gave the Superhead. I've said that line to so many fucking people who don't know what a superintendent is. I don't know if that's a thing out here or am I just around rich people now? People don't really got apartments like that. They don't like know that. who is super? These people the super. that never had a super? Everybody says I mean, landlord, that. which they say landlord on the East oh, Coast too. Oh, I mean, too. landlord, you're right. I, uh, I grew up hearing both of them. I, you know, I, thought, I always thought they were the same thing for me. Right. No, yeah. that was a beautiful era. That was a good one. <laughs> she actually that actually got Corinne Stephens her name. So she, had, she said she 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 took that them bars and got her name Superhead off that. So I'm glad I was able to help her. Helping that. elevate females at yeah. that time in your career is a different was a different time. Yeah, that's a that's a you know a blessing without knowing you did something. I know you're at a different point in your life, but how do you feel about how the game has changed in terms of all these girls who are out here? Everybody got OnlyFans. They got the Instagram photos are just so unbelievably manicured. It's crazy. It's crazy, but um, I ain't mad if you if, if you able to create a revenue stream for your family and yourself and your kids, you know, without 
actually going out hurting nobody. If you can alter some pictures and throw them up and whatever you got to do to put booking info in your bio. Right. When, when you May see the that, Lord bless you. When you see yeah, booking info, just, what do you think that means? It's like <laughs> it's, that became inevitable now. Every any anybody who looks halfway like something. If you just look at the bio, it says the booking info. Like, book you for what? Mm. What are you? What are you? Uh, you know, you never, it works, I guess. Don't break it. You never got to that point, though. Everybody always talks about in New York is such like a crazy strip club bartender culture and shit. Did you kind of right, right you avoid New most York of that? I went to the strip clubs, but being around the world, the, the best strip clubs was never in New York. Oh, really? Never. Mm, that's interesting. Even when they was at the highest, you know, even when New York club scene was really, really rocking, the strip club scene was always just, it was cool. It was never like Miami or Atlanta or Houston or none of them type of places. Yeah, because they can't get naked and shit. It's yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. They got they leotards never, on. Shit. You go to the strip club in New York, they got on long johns, everything, swim trunks. No, I mean, that ain't the same thing as... I ain't like going to Miami or but Atlanta. The, that kind of makes sense to me because it's like now when I go to downtown Manhattan, trunks. you go to downtown... Yeah, they got board shorts on. <laughs> <laughs> you go to downtown Manhattan, it's so many cops. It's like, I don't think there's anywhere else on earth that you're going to see more cops than when you're in Manhattan. Facts. So it kind of makes sense to me that when you go to the strip club that the girls have more restrictions on them there than anywhere else in the world. That kind of, it adds up to me. It sort of hurts, but, you know, it, it's, it seems very New York in a way. And then there's no liquor. There's, you know, it's, it's, the rules is crazy. But yeah. hopefully we get some laws passed or something and elevate the strip club scene in the city. That would be amazing. But who's out there fighting that fight, you know? We're alone. It's just us. We're alone. <laughs> what's uh what's the good life for you at this point? Like what are the things chilling that you want to emphasize? Kids, man. Mm. Chilling with the kids, seeing them smile, running around and Dave and Busters trying to win tickets and points and win them some things and you know, going to school plays, going to parent teacher. Uh just stuff like that. You ever walk in there to do the parent-teacher conference and, like, every other dude who's sitting there waiting with his kids just realizes it's you and it's just a, it's yeah, a thing? Yeah, I get them stares and what's ups and, you know, I get that. But I, I try to not be kissed when, I, mm. when I'm with my kids. I'm, I'm daddy or I'm Jason, you know. I try to keep that balance I was telling you about when I'm at work and kiss when I'm home. I'm daddy and Jason, so, you know. Gotta always ride the fine line. It's like when you're in the crib long enough or when you're not around that element long enough and then all of a sudden you just plunk yourself into an environment and you almost kind of forget that you're popping for a minute. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I had that happen to me the other day where I was in the crib with my girl for like two days. I walked into the Starbucks looking so terrible and like four fucking teenage employees at the Starbucks just lose their mind on me and I'm just like... Right, like I just literally forgot. Oh yeah, forgot anyone would give a shit about me here. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird uh, line to walk. But does it ever feel like you're walking away from the the family stuff and having to go do this kind of stuff or go do the rap stuff? And does it ever really feel like, damn, like maybe this just doesn't necessarily feel the same way that it used to for me? I got to go out and and put my rapper hat on. Nah, I'm good because it ain't you know. 
I balance it well. Mm. And then if you're away too long, you just fly the family in. You know what I mean? And so you don't lose too much touch. You know? Mm. Let them enjoy some of the demographic of where you at. 100%. To work it out. Definitely. Um, you still do the crustless pizza or crust only pizza, sir? I actually just had a few. Really? On the ride over here. So you guys are used to seeing this? Yeah, because wow, they right. eat the other. They eat the. They eat, <laughs> eat the, the other cheese. part. Yeah, they eat the cheese in the, the in the rest of the middle part of it. Because that logic of like the cheese is bad for you, so I'm just gonna eat the crust. It's kind of interesting. No, no, I mean, if you just like it, the it is cheese what it is. is too much. Mm. I didn't start off like that. I used to. I, I love pizza, but you know, dairy's not really good for you. So I cut pizza out altogether. Try to lay it, you know. They got they got it with the sauce and the arugula. You should try it. It's fire. Oh really? I like it. Yeah. yeah, it's mainly the carbs that are an issue for me. I'm yeah. Just, oh, you, you know, you're a carb watcher. Those. That's good. Yeah, I'm 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 on a nice core carb watch out myself too. Right. right. You ever go hit the bar anymore? Yeah, yeah. I got my trainer with me. He downstairs in the oh, giant yeah. the bartender, the bar father. He's he's one of the bartenders though. He's the head bartender. Oh, okay. He's with me downstairs in the car. Because yeah. I met them in 2007 in the Styles P Blow My Mind video. Yeah, which giant. I, he was there. I, yeah. I rode a BMX bike in it, and that was the first time I think I was ever around rappers. Yeah. So even just seeing like Styles like smoke, smoking a blunt, I think he took the blunt and like put it out on a, in a napkin to come out and do a scene. And I'm like 21 watching that, just like, oh, my God. That was so sick. He had a blunt. He put the blunt out so he could go rap. Put it in the napkin. <laughs> I remember losing my mind over the video girls too, and even like the photographer was just like, "They ain't shit. Don't worry." <laughs> In retrospect, he was probably right. But anyway, everybody gotta go listen to that album. Yeah, Ignatius man is out right now. Great body of work. You know, listen to it, absorb it. It sounds like nothing out there. That's why you should listen to it even more. Give Jada his flowers. Go out there, stream that shit. You heard the man. No jumper. I made it, ma. <laughs> Jadakiss. No jumper. Thank you. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support.